0: Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton.
1: And We're back with the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. This is episode 165. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, you've been re-elevated to the status of co-host this week, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I caught
0: that. I caught that. And and for those of you who are listening, we put kind of a not a state of the union, just kind of an update about the show on an episode last week. So if you want to kind of hear what's going on behind the scenes, you can go to. Was it last Thursday? I think so. Yeah, last Thursday. So uh, you can go 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 take a listen. Go take a listen to to that and uh yeah it's good to be good to be back to co-host and nate's demoted once again so that's that's good to know uh we do have a little controversy we got to deal with josh uh we announced the winner of our of our uh, of our drawing last week right and so the person reached out to me and said hey i'm the winner and as we said before we have no but spe- itunes doesn't give us any kind of special insights you know we don't always see is whatever that uh Review link is we 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 can't you know go check your email and like that at least if, as far as I know we can't um, so we have to ask you to to reach out to, to reach out and so the person reached out and said this was them and you know they wanted the prize which would make sense except for it was Stephanie the intern
2: I, I think she should be disqualified right this is, the plot thickens more I don't know that was a really funny like, review Ryan.
1: It was hilarious, but I mean, turncoat spy or something. <laughs> I feel <thought> like she's undercover.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, and just to be fair, she had another one that she had typed up. She sent me that she was going to submit, but she couldn't. Um, and this is this is we'll we'll read it now just to give her her proper due. I'd rather tackle porcu- porcupines. See, I'd rather tackle porcupine stark, na- stark naked than listen to one more monologue from Ryan Ray on The Current State of all. That man sounds like he got his experience with public speaking by panhandling for change on a pole in a gay bar in the middle of downtown Miami. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Rumor has <God's> it. Shots fired. <laughs> Rumor has it that he actually falls asleep listening to recordings of his own voice. It's amazing oh, that Josh goodness. and Nate can even get a word in edgewise. Don't even get me started on Josh Shelton. And no last name, Stephanie. You, you had better luck getting accurate information on the oil and gas market from the backside of a bathroom stall at the DNC than from Josh and Stephanie. Nate <laughs> Nate's main function is getting reviews, which he, which he only seems to do when he offers to post videos of the three of them soaking wet after jumping to the lake. Ryan, the pole boys idea. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently us viewers are glutton for punishment. Personally, I'd like to hear more content from Steph and intern while I'm doubtful, while I'm doubtful consider let's see, why I'm doubtful considering she's the bright, the bright idea. Oh. Oh, she's the bright idea to ask the knuckleheads for help. And I've been told to actually pay the intern for the show with the recent uptick in reviews, I have a slight bit of hope. She actually raising the group's average uh let's see 2020 let's see here oh yeah uh 20 hashtag 2020 stephanie intern she should be on the show i've i've heard she's actually a woman's studies major from ucla with a point five gpa and a climate activist intentions and climate activist intentions though so proceed with caution you're truly a red-blooded american now that was stephanie as well so um
2: you know ryan she, I just, didn't, she couldn't submit that she because she didn't have another itunes account thankfully Uh, she should have gotten a friend to send it in for her (laughs) you know Ryan I just came up with a uh, with a great idea for a sandwich so you're from Louisiana right we should take a bit of a a bit of a baguette and cut it in half and fill it with meat and cheese and uh some fried vegetables and we'll name it after you and call it the Pole boy (laughs) (laughs) Pole boy sub I should have never read that on on air. <laughs> <laughs> read that on air.
0: So you know, So I, the question for the listeners is: Now we obviously, I had no idea Stephanie in that review. Um, so sh- should she be eligible? Because normally, like on a radio a radio contest, you know, like your friends and family aren't eligible to win, and Our employees, employees are are right.
2: disqualified.
0: Disqualified. So it, the question is: Is was Stephanie actually eligible to win? And we didn't say she wasn't. But is it implicit in this term? So, uh, hit me up on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever. Let me know: should
2: Stephanie's um, championship status be revoked, or did she earn it properly? So what I, if we I, fired her for blatant disrespect and then gave her the prize?
0: <laughs> I, th- I like that. I like that. We're getting we're getting, we're we're we're, uh, we're getting close there. So, anyways, um, let us know and uh, we'll we'll go from there. So,
1: well, Ron. We've been looking for good news uh, for some time, so we're going to kick things off this week with some good news. Heart Energy article, U.S. fracking set for first monthly rise this year. Permian leads the recovery. So we got a we touch of good news. I think it's uh, the, the, what does it say here? It's going to triple. Uh, we're looking at satellite, satellite data uh, shows 246 newly started frack jobs this month with 96 frack jobs beginning just last week so numbers are are jumping up for the first time and uh that's 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 good news uh what we're have to wait now and see is you know with opec deal and oil price and further shutdowns looking like uh they're going to be on the horizon it's going to be how long will it last well yeah i mean so a couple of things one are these going to be
0: just ducks that we're going back and fracking right versus yep. um you know, talk about actually adding a bunch of rigs and fracking. Those are so that's the thing. The other thing is, and someone though they pointed this out, I'm, I can't remember who it was, but you know, we're we're at peak oil demand for, for the next, I don't know, two or three months right now. So it's you know peak oil demand historically is going to uh, slow down, and so uh, not not like globally, but just kind of like on a normal yearly basis. Being that you you're seeing the schools, they're supposed to shut down in uh, like California, some spots California, and maybe other spots around the nation. Um, you know, it could be that the peak oil demand for the year I say peak old demand, yearly demand high. I hate, hate peak old demand. The yearly demand high uh, will will maybe drop off a little bit more moving forward over the next few weeks. And so, it's you know, I, I'm I'm uh, I would be cautiously optimistic that um, seeing more fracks is going to turn into um, a lot of more rigs, and there's going to be some more rigs. Obviously, but I think because you've got a story covering that, so there's going to be some more rigs. They can't, the rigs just can't keep going down indefinitely, I don't think. So, right, so at some point it kind of has to bottom off and come back up. But, um, but you know, if we get into August and September, and those school buses aren't running around, and um, you know people aren't still aren't flying, and I know we did a lot of on coronavirus last week, so we're not going to do much on this week. But you know, if we kind of look at just the 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 thirty thousand foot headlines of coronavirus right now there's still a big push to keep stuff locked down and shut down and that just ultimately hurts our industry. So if we, I think Louisiana, I was over there there this weekend and someone said, uh, a couple people said that they were talking about going back to phase one in Louisiana. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I hadn't verified that, but if they go back to phase one, then again, that's just going to hurt our demand. So um, it's, 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 it's not bad news, but it's not, We ain't at the woods yet, kind of news, you know?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I uh, just looking at the article. It's a glimmer. It's a glimmer of hope that could be uh, quickly snuffed out, or it could grow into something a little, you know, a little better. We had not seen many glimmers though for the last couple weeks. Speaking of glimmer, speaking of glimmer, Joe Rogan is moving to Texas. Did you? Better be better not. Yeah, I did. I watched he did an interview with uh, Ben Shapiro. I didn't watch the interview. I watched a five minute clip where he was talking about. Uh, you know, meth heads and needles and crackheads that, yeah. that were all over all over uh, California, even in some of the areas that were typically cleaner. And uh, I was about to say, man, I, I'm I'm gonna be a little frustrated if he comes here and 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 still votes with you know the same the same policies. That's gonna that's gonna frustrate me a little bit. Well, I'm just saying we should invite him on the podcast. Oh yeah, I, I, I mean he road. needs to come on. We need to
0: give him the good old fashioned welcome. Kind of explain to him a little bit about Texas. So, uh, Nate, we, uh, we should formally invite. This is a formal invitation for Joe Rogan to come on our show. Our audience is obviously quite larger than his, so it'd be a step up for him. You gotta give yeah. him the exposure that he needs. He's a, little, he's a little name from California. but We uh, ramble
2: almost as much as he does, too. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah so if he wants to come onto a, a legit platform with a
1: legit following, then this is the spot for him. Yeah. Uh yeah, he he can pass on to his contacts. I think he he uh had a contract with a Spotify for like a hundred million. So we're certainly do, you know, uh, Oh, with a, with a B million. Yeah, with uh, a B, yeah. So yeah.
0: anyways, so yeah, so if Joe wants to come on to a, a, a you know a real podcast, then we'll be happy to give him the good old fashioned Texas welcome. And um, you know, I, I tell you, it'd be funny because if we actually did get him on here, some of the things that he's talked about with climate change and stuff like that, it would be interesting to when he actually has some pro real pro oil and gas folks on, um, you know, it's like, well, you want to fly down here, Joe, <laughs> you want to drive on that asphalt road to get down here? Like, how do you think that happens? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but anyway, so yeah, Joe, if you want to come on to a larger platform than yours, uh, which I mean, most are, but this one especially is, then uh, let us know. We, we'll be happy to get you on. We
1: we're, we're always helping people get up in life. All right, Josh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we're helping people since uh, since 2016. We've been hey. we've been. Yeah. Speaking
0: of 2016, did you hear about Trump saying he created the oil industry? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I. I uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait. OK, well, I got a rule with Trump. You have to watch as much as he says before you could comment on. it. So let's I got the clip here. It actually goes on longer, but this is the longest clip I could find. A listener sent this in. So it's, it's about a minute. Um, and then let's just hear what he says. And then let's just we'll go through it
3: to hold the convention in jacksonville with with all this virus spreading. well we're going to see it built up a little bit but we're going to do something that will be great we think we're doing very well we had some poll numbers a little while ago that are great you know it's the same story it's uh, suppression polls that we had in 2016 phony polls uh, fake news phony polls same thing and we're doing very well we're doing well in georgia we're doing well in texas i've read Uh, where I was one point up in Texas. I'm not one point up in Texas. We're many points up. I saved the oil industry. Two months ago, I saved the oil industry. There would have been, I created it. We became number one. We have millions of jobs and we saved it. So Texas is not going to have to let go of millions and millions of people. Oklahoma, uh, North Dakota, many states. Uh, We have, we're $40 a barrel and yet you can buy gasoline for under two dollars nobody's ever seen like that so we have the biggest energy in the world we're number one in oil as you know oil and gas by far we're now number one in the world and we would have had millions of people out of work i saved it and then they say i'm leading by one point in texas They said
1: just just uh just to be fair when he said he created it i don't think i think i think he was he had several trains of thought. He was he was saying when he said he created, I think he was saying he created a bill that would help save it, not created the industry itself. So, obviously, so some people are giving him a little hard time for. Yeah,
2: I'm glad bad. he did everything that Speakner told him to do. Speakner's <laughs> going to lose it. When
0: he, I don't know if Speakner's still listening or not. He's so mad. Uh, but if he's listening, he's going to lose it when he hears that. Okay. So, the first thing is that clip's a minute and 10 long. And the, he, I created it part is a second. Yeah. So whatever he actually, so whatever Trump actually thinks, I have no idea, obviously, but what he actually said, the created part was very was not necessarily, um, the main thrust of the argument. So obviously the thing, the frustrating thing about Trump is, is he says stuff like this, um, but the the also frustrating part is that people act like he doesn't say stuff like he actually believes like he's speaking literally. Like he's always, he he almost, he rarely, he rarely speaks literally, right? He always speaks with hyperbole. And so, um, what he actually believes is is a little bit harder to decipher because he says stuff like this, like, you you don't create the oil industry. You know, obviously he does And, and I mean, Whoever, if you think that Trump thinks he created the industry, um, that would be kind of hard being that he campaigned on the oil and gas industry before the election, <laughs> right? So being that he ran on oil make uh, American independence, to say that he created the industry would be hard for him to believe because he ran on American energy independence, right? Yep. So he didn't say in 2016, 2015, when he's running, we have no oil and gas industry, therefore I'm going to create it. He wanted to revamp it and to change it. Whether you, Whatever you think about that message is kind of irrelevant. The point is, it's not as if he was ignorant of the industry. And then now he's like, yeah, I'll create that, of course. So to, that that's what you spend your time kind of going through that with these moron reporters who act like he just says stuff like this and he actually believes it. Okay. So, what do you think he means, Josh? I think he means maybe either a the creative part he created a bill, or b he created it in the sense that he's really expand It's really expanded under his and uh, uh, under his administration. So it went from a little bit too much regulated to what we're seeing now. He created kind of that,
1: that thrust that he created level. the thriving.
0: Yeah, Now I'm not sure I'd agree with that. I'm not sure I'd agree with that because that's that's not necessarily. There's other factors that that go into play. He has done something to benefit the industry. But I wouldn't say he created in that sense many, cause I don't want to say any government official creates anything. They just got the way that's about the best they can do. So,
1: well, I, you, know, would, I think it would be fair to say that he created the atmosphere of more getting out of the way. As I think early on in his presidency, there were, there were some deregulate deregulation um, bills that, that were passing that were uh, at least uh, increasing the enthusiasm in the industry. I mean, I, I remember soon after he he took office we had blackman on and blackman was covering some of the uh some of the policies that that were being driven now again i don't think that i i do think he was getting out of the way i think it was it was there were uh over-regula- overregulation that was happening under the obama administration um that was being slightly rolled back so that that did that did help um taking issue though i, I what I'm what I'm looking at though, is He was talking about how he saved millions of jobs. I don't think those jobs were saved. I think they were temporarily, uh, you know, buoyed by this stimulus bill and, and PPP loans. But that's not going to last for too long. That's the that's the main thing. Is that even if you even if you give him leeway to say, hey, he's not saying he created the industry. What he's saying is uh, he's talking about the state of the industry and some of the things that he's done is positive. Which I would agree mm-hmm. there are. The issue mm-hmm. is is I don't know that he's completely aware of what's going on right now. It really is. So, yeah. So let me go back to the creative thing first real quick. So
0: if you look, you look at like the China phase one trade deal, some of the stuff, and I'm not going to break down the full trade deal on this podcast, obviously, but some of the stuff that they did was simply just going back to what it was before the trade deal was signed. Okay, so if Trump says I'm creating and I don't I don't have the transcripts of what he said post deal, but let's just imagine if he said I'm creating export opportunities for our farmers after the deal was signed. Well, he did, but he did in the sense that he took them away and now he's created it. Right. So your point, I think, is as well under the Obama administration or previous administrations, there was, you know, certain regulations. And so Trump fixed that. Okay, I just don't want to let the government say they created anything. So my, my sense would be is the government was screwing it up and they stopped screwing it up. They didn't. Cr- <laughs> so I, I, if you want the win, you stop screwing it up. That that's your win. Thank you for no longer screwing this up. I, I, I will concede that. I, I don't have, a, I just don't have much to say that they created anything because the problem with giving Trump or anyone, the narrative of creation is that you look to them to be the creator of things in the future. And as we've seen with other things with Trump, we take issue with, you know, okay, well, what about, you know, the, the coronavirus stimulus package or the bailouts or, you know, was he create all that? And so then you get into this stuff that you're about to get into. Well, we wouldn't want him to start taking credit for creating or saving or doing things in because it's a lot more complicated. So I just don't like the, the create, created narrative of Trump or anyone else, uh, mainly because that's usually not the case. I don't think it was, I think the, the headlines were blown. So that being said, on the saving the job stuff, uh, with the PPP money running out, we're going to see, you know, how many jobs were actually saved versus how many jobs were said to be saved. Uh, so that, that's, that's step one. Um, and then step two is, you know, I would be careful if I'm Trump here because did he make the Russians and the Saudis go into the price war? No. Did he control the rest of the world shutting down? No. Did he play into the U S shutting down? Yes. I would be trying to get on message about blaming the, like, you know, blaming the Russians and the Saudis. <laughs> like that's what I would be trying to do. Like we had a thriving oil and gas economy and they screwed it up. Now I personally don't, don't necessarily subscribe to that theory because of a lot of other things, but they did obviously influence the market. They did try to run, uh, you know, uh, create this price war between themselves. Um, and so whatever you think about the implications of that is one thing. But if I was, if I was advising Trump, I would be pounding him on that because if you start saying you save jobs uh, and folks, you know, I thought about this, Josh. Let me ask you this. How many people do you know personally who have gotten the
1: coronavirus? Uh personally. We
2: know Stephanie.
1: Stephanie. Uh, allegedly.
0: Allegedly. Yeah. yeah allegedly. Uh, They've tested positive. Not thought they had. It. They've actually tested positive. Oh, uh, tested positive. I actually went and got tested. Yes. Not not, not felt bad and they thought they have it. Which because there's a few like that I know we I know we know, but that have actually said I've got a positive
1: test. Oh, I I don't I don't know it. I don't know if anybody's got a positive test personally. My, my brother did.
0: Okay. okay, so Nate knows one. I think we go to church with a lady who's got who had one,
1: right? Yeah, two. So, so I know a lot the, of people that have. That I think uh, that got it. That, I mean, we you know a bunch of people that got it. They just didn't. They didn't go test. Most of them. They, just, we
0: know a lot of people who, who think that have it,
1: right? Yeah, right.
0: And I mean, I'm not, I don't want to. I'm not trying to be hard hit. Hard hit. I just. We can't actually say. They think they have it. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Uh, we got to be careful. The, the CIA or NSA will be coming and tapping our phones, trying to see about who's got it. My point is, now, how many people do you know who have lost their job during this pandemic? A bunch. A bunch. A whole compared, bunch. Com- okay. So, compared to actual positive COVID cases, it's exponentially more, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, compare that to suspected COVID cases. It's still exponentially more, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the only thing is when you start saying about saving jobs, it's like, you better be careful because maybe if you're in New York or something like that was really heavily hit, um, to be one thing, but to say that in Texas, where we probably actually know fundamentally, not fundamentally, We actually know uh, by orders of magnitude, more people who have lost their job oil and gas or not compared to coronavirus cases. That's, that's a very slippery slope because in three months you're sitting there going, I still ain't got a job. And I don't know anyone who's died of the coronavirus. just be careful. And so that I would be, I would be very cautious about some about saving jobs in Texas and Oklahoma and North Dakota, spots that really haven't been hit that bad, by, at least by the death toll of coronavirus. Um, because at some point, those jobs we, we, we know about the jobs, like they're all around us, and they're continuing to, to climb it seems. So that would be my yeah. concern uh, with the messaging if he's not too careful.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm eager to see what the jobs report is going to look like this week because um, I think uh, I spoke to uh, to someone who said the PPP money ran out uh, uh, a little over a week ago, and then I saw the Wall Street Journal said that uh, it, the unemployment for the first time in a few weeks actually started increasing again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's, and that was just the beginning. It's about That's- to start jumping. Yeah, unless we, you know, the only
0: hope, and it might be too late for some companies, is to open up the economy. And so we've been saying that for quite some time. Uh, But if we keep shutting it down, it's not just oil and gas. But anyways, so uh, so so I hope that answered to the listener's question. In recap, I don't really think Trump was trying to say create the industry, probably the environment or something, or the bill, maybe as John said, that's happened under his administration. I think that's probably what he's saying. Regardless, there's a lot of other things on message. If I was advising him, I would want
1: him to be uh, quite careful to say. And so, anyways. All right. Permian Fuels America Task Force is launched. uh, So, Odessa Development Corp creates a campaign to retain workers, protect regions, energy energy industry. They were showing that uh, Odessa is faced with uh, an employment rate that is the highest statewide. Shouldn't be a shocker there. Yeah, you know uh, so it is the highest unemployment so they put together a task force to try to help people that are that are struggling and uh and i, I don't know i don't know of anywhere in the state of texas it's going to be in worse shape now i mean it might be one of the one of the worst places as far as unemployment goes oh, midland
0: <laughs> midland i know that's so there you go what do you think <laughs> Be pretty close neck and neck but yes uh i agree um and guys if we can help out you know shoot us an email be happy to put your resume out there or whatever we can do. We yeah, always, anything we can do. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not much, not much, uh, not much going on, but if there is something we can put your resume in front of someone, be happy, happy to do that. And listen, kudos to these folks for uh, for trying to do something. The question I think is, you know, Josh, if you're sitting here right now and you're looking at August or, or, you know, we're at the end of July, right? Yep. So if you're unemployed and you're looking at oil going $40 a barrel, and you're going to run a shutdown again, maybe, or I say shut down again, not, not nationwide, but you know, varying levels of shutdown kind of moving forward um, through the end of the year, it seems a safe bet uh, depending on where you're at, whether it's California or Texas or Florida. Kind of uh, uh, Okay. So do you go back into oil and gas, you know, or do you say, okay, listen, I can't, I can't take the risk moving forward. I, I need to, I, you know, I need to get a job. Um, and so I think that's going to be the thing for these, these kind of task force and these committees is, is that you're going to have a lot of people who are going to say, you know, and I got to, I got to go to work. And, um, and the risk is just too much. And so, um, so anyways, wish these guys well and to all of our folks who are looking for a job, obviously we can help you can. I just, I do wonder two downturns in four years um, and this one's been pretty severe if you will see even a larger exodus of folks leaving the industry this time.
1: Yeah, I've talked with several folks that are that are out in the field, and uh, and they've they've grown very frustrated with this downturn problem. That um, there's not a re- enough responsibility taken to give uh, people stability, so that they don't have to, to to go through it. I mean, it's it's too up and down. Um, well, there should and, and the question is,
0: is who do you blame?
1: And that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's I'm not,
0: So, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like people, there's a lot of Frustration over the shit at the show companies. It's like, guys, we've all, I say we've all, most of us have made a substantial amount of money from the show companies. Like, let's, whatever you want to say about how they run their business, okay, that's fine. We've all made a lot of money. I mean, from the, the landowners, the landman, to the, you know, engineers, frat crews, you know, all the people, um, everyone, drillers, everyone, we've all made a lot of money um, working for these guys and they've, they've helped the industry. Now, the problem is is that maybe they're responsible on some level for over drilling and, and cause the downturn. Okay. That's, that's a, that's a discussion to be had, but um, you know, it's, I think the frustration is, is natural on some level, but you know, would you have rather these last four years not happen? That's kind of the thing, you know, cause we, you know, cause a lot of guys uh, in our industry, Josh and gals, obviously, we're making six plus figures. you start counting per diem and mileage and all this, you know, overtime and stuff like that. And so it's, it's kind of a, while we're all frustrated, Ryan, Josh, and Nate included <laughs> about what's going on here. Um, just be careful to, to, to not forget that the industry has, has paid the bills for quite some time too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I, that, that would be the, the thing is that it is lucrative when it's lucrative, you know, it's, it, it is, yeah. Uh, definitely some opportunities there. All right. So uh moving on, Chevron. They're gonna they have a couple of headlines in the news today. The first one is Chevron is installing solar panels to produce oil more cheaply. Um uh, now, so I look at something like this and think, okay, this is this is uh this is a good idea. They're taking solar panels and figuring out a way to create uh cheaper energy mm-hmm. and and this should be something that excites, um, environmentalists to say, Hey, look, this is, this is a step in the direction they want to go. But is, uh, so a lot of them see this and they actually get upset because now, um, clean energy methods are being used to produce oil and gas. And that is against the narrative that they, that they're (laughs) following. So rather than celebrating, you know, something like solar panels being used, it's not, it's actually, you know, they're, they're being used to produce the wrong thing in their mind. And I think this goes to, this goes to the question of if you, as you transition from coal uh, to clean energy and, and all the steps in that process, uh, this is the sort of thing you would expect to see.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Solar panels being used in places where it's more cost efficient to produce oil more cheaply. That's what you would expect. And as, that technology increases and, and gets better, you would see other things being used in different sectors. Um, for some yeah, reason, it, though, yeah. just, it, it doesn't. It doesn't get. It doesn't. For some reason, it's not seen as a positive thing, and, and that's what's so frustrating with with all the environmentalist narrative that's that's going on. Well, you know, this is the thing, Josh. I think uh,
0: Republican or Democrat alike, um, they, they both will say something to the effect of. You know, we need policy change. We need reform. We need this. We need that. And then, you know, I was talking to my son yesterday as we were coming home um, about ideas. And you know, ideas actually—if if, it's—if it's an idea, um, so um, kind of give us a silly example. My idea, my first idea is I'm pick pick up my phone here. I picked it up. Okay, not a lot of consequences there. Now I could have hit my microphone. I could have done some stuff, but not, not, not a lot of not a lot of consequences, right? Um, but if I say something like, "Well," My idea is to make solar energy used everywhere. That's that's uh, that is viable. Okay, that's what I want to do. Well, guess what happens? It ends up out there pumping for uh, being used to power an oil Well, and you go, whoa, 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 I didn't mean that. It's like, well, no, no, no. See this. This is the problem with the, the, when we talk in society, we have to learn that, that, that ideas are not just a simple slogan. They're not a statement. Uh, they actually have depth, they have meaning. We all interpret them differently. And so to your point, I've said for quite some time, I'm, I'm, I'm energy agnostic, wherever, wherever it's both uh, the best and most efficient and cheapest and whatever, that's what we need to use in that area. And from spot A to spot B is different and that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm not going to look at someone in a third world country and say, no, you have to overpay for power because uh, America, whereas someone um, who, um, you know, is a little bit more green might say, well, we don't, we don't really care about the nuance or the diversity. We, we, we won't, you know, we want this to be implemented everywhere. So to me, I celebrate this. And if you're on the green side, you should celebrate too, because now oil and gas is going to spend money to buy your product, which means that you can afford more research and development. You can test it in new environments, right? You can, you can try this straight. So all of this stuff, it will actually help the solar energy industry if it, if it works. Right. Yep. I mean, like, so if it's a viable product and oil and gas, people start going, Oh my gracious, you know, we can buy solar panels instead of this other stuff. And we can, uh, we're going to start buying, you know, tens of millions of solar panels every year to make up a number why would why would that be a bad thing because the more you sell the more you could reinvest into your company uh and the more you can invest into new technology to make it more efficient like like it's really simple or yeah. you can act like it's really complicated and just you know just hate everything about about, about life so
1: so just a, uh, one of the things here that that I wanted to read just to throw out a caveat because there's something that is a part that I would I would like to do more research into uh, so let me just read it and then I'll, I'll give you my thoughts. So 29 megawatt site owned by Goldman Sachs Renewable Power is designed to provide the field with 80% of its electricity equal to taking more than 4,000 cars off the road. In exchange, Chevron will earn so-called low carbon fuel standard credits worth about $4 million a year at current prices. So when it said it was producing oil, at, uh, oil for cheaper or produce oil more cheaply, uh, as, it, as it says in the headline is that because of the tax credits or is it because it's producing the oil more cheaply? It's like, is the energy actually more efficient or is it, uh, is it something that's being politicized and, and penalized? You know, so that, well, that's part of right. the question. Well, that, that well, sure that's about. the
0: thing. That's probably that's, so now
1: you're getting to kind
0: of the crux of the issue. They're probably more upset that they're getting a tax credit for using the solar energy to produce oil. Right. 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 So the solar energy really wasn't the thing. Is that you are producing oil, which is what you were kind of alluding to earlier. But once you kind of peel back the onion a little bit, like oh, they get a tax credit for producing oil. That's that's not what we meant for that. Well, huh? It's almost like that government regulation stuff is not really effective. So yeah, it's it's almost like there is loopholes. No matter how you write it, that's going to be found. So, anyways, uh, but yeah. It, so I, I would just simply say, what do you want from what do you want from us? Do you want the Amish life? Is that what you want? I will tweet out a link to the Amish Paradise. I let my kids listen to that the other day from Weird Al. Have you listened to that in a long time? It's so good. It's so hilarious. So,
1: anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. So, uh, so, Chevron, we have uh, our, our good friend David Blackman wrote an article on July the 20th. Uh, so, if you remember, uh, the Noble Energy deal happened while I believe while we were on the while podcast. Talking, yeah. While we were talking. So, we weren't able to go in depth and look at it very much. It kind of happened uh, kind of on the fly. But uh, Blackman, he interviewed, um, I say interviewed, he had comments from Inveris, uh, how do you say Drilling Info. Drilling Info. Uh, Andrew (laughs) (laughs) Ditmar. That's what we know him as. Noble makes perfect sense for Chevron to pursue as an acquisition target given complementary positions in the Permian, plus Noble's international gas development in the eastern Mediterranean. So apparently they have uh, some acreage over, I believe, in Israel that is uh, what... Uh, see John Baptiste said it was the company's crown jewel, mm-hmm. um, and it gives them it gives Chevron some new core international geography that will rebalance the portfolio towards gas, provide a springboard to capture further upside potential in the region. So um, a lot of folks in in uh, drilling info and uh, Wood Wood McKenzie, Wood Mac they are all saying that this was a great acquisition by Chevron, and they've probably been been looking at this since they lost out on the Anadarko deal. So
0: this is interesting. So most of the people, and so real quick, also with the, with the Mediterranean stuff you're talking about, they can now um, have a, uh, uh, Israel passed, I think last week or two weeks ago, uh, a bill or I can't remember how, what it was. Some, some legislation that allows them to uh, develop this, 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 I'm gonna get it all wrong. Essentially they can sell it to uh, build a pipeline. I think is what it was to, to sell it to Europe. So, you know, you got the Russians who are trying to sell to Europe. Now they can be a part of that process. Um, if we go back to the Anadarko-Oxy deal, if we remember, Oxy tried to sell its international assets, right? That was the whole deal. They're going to get this stuff in, in Africa, and I can't remember where else it was. It was Mozambique and somewhere else. Anyways, and they're going to offload those assets, and they can't do it because of the coronavirus downturn. Now, this deal is sitting here saying, no, that's actually the assets that they want is the international deal. Like, that seems to be the, the thrust of it, which is a little bit concerning because the Oxy deal was predicated on the Permian asset. Being kind of the the linchpin, this seems to be for Chevron the um, the international stuff seems to be the the bigger piece of the puzzle. Um, the yeah. permitting I mean, to be being criticized, but it seems that the the international aspect is is a bigger piece of the puzzle. So it's just kind of funny just following those two stories that oxy was trying to unload the international assets um, after they got the end asset, uh, whereas Chevron is wanting to keep them. And then the Permian is there as well. So I don't know how that bodes for us here in Texas, Josh, when you look at a deal like this, you go, Hmm, okay, well it's, it's that's, that's actually the play. Does that mean that Chevron uh, is pulling out of the Permian? I don't think nothing like that, but it's just, this it shows you how the narrative can shift quite, quite quickly from
1: one mega deal to the next. Yep. Uh, you know, the, there, there were two things I saw something and I didn't pull this up. I don't know where I saw this when I saw it, but something happened where Williams was, um, I think they were, they were moving forward with a, a pipeline, um, I forget where it was at but it was it was a big pipeline. I think it was uh, it was a quite quite a, a sizable one but it, it the reason I mention mentioned that is because Kendra Morgan here there's a note uh, Sergio posted last week Kinder Morgan post 637 million dollar loss in second quarter. Uh I wonder that, That's bad, right? That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> bad. We don't want a loss. That's bad. How did they lose that much, man? Where did take oh,
0: Like when you lose that much money, like, how do you go like, Hey, like the CFO, like, how does he go tell the boss that? Hey, uh, Hey boss. uh, Yeah, but we lost 600 million.
1: (laughs) So it says here that Kendra Morgan wrote down the value of $1 billion worth of interest state and gathering pipelines. Without that, they would have made $363 million profit. Right. So it's a big write down that's impacting it. It's still, it's still, though it's, it's not, uh, it's not good.
0: It's not. It's well, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not well. It's not making six hundred thirty-seven million. I mean, yeah, I'm not a finance major or math major, but you know, it's not making six hundred thirty-seven million. I don't think. I think it's not. Not nearly as good. Um, yeah, I tell you that we do have the earnings calls coming up, and so we're gonna have a lot of be a lot of interesting things to see because, you know, at the end of Q1, the coronavirus stuff was just hitting, right? Yeah. So people were just trying to, get, uh, to to figure out what happened now at the end of q2 we're going to see and if you start to see a lot of companies who lost worse than they expected you might see that wall street money really tighten up um for the end of the year especially with the election coming up now if they outperform somehow then that might change the narrative but um uh, i think that's going to be you know next couple of weeks we're gonna have uh those q2 calls um coming in and i am be uh, i'll be interested to see how they go for sure i think enterprises. uh this week. And I do look, there's a couple more, I think.
1: So uh, there's a, a couple of stories here. I wanted to, to hit. Um, no, none of them have too much information to comment on. It's just kind of some, some headlines that give us an idea of, of what's what's going on. So the first one is Baker Hughes is bracing for second wave of COVID-19 lockdowns. So Baker Hughes is operating under the impression that, it's not going to be slowdowns, but lockdowns. So there's going to be the government is actually going to take steps to lock things down in the latter half, uh, latter half of the year. So, um, and that that's you know, <laughs> that's possible.
0: You know, you got to think if we have a bad flu season, which you know, I don't know if it's some kind of cycle. I don't follow the flu stuff that, that closely, but if we have a bad flu season and the and the coronavirus stuff is still kind of uh, you know, out there on some level whatever level it is then it might happen when does flu season start is that november october when does that when does that kind of get fired up Do you know
1: yeah i i believe it's when it starts getting cold uh which in texas is like never so. yeah so we're 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 safe yeah <laughs> we're safe here yeah we're safe right now it's, let's whew. see here flu season yeah fall
0: and winter it didn't let's see here um it's like December, January, February, March is kind of the biggest peak month flu activities. It's so October, November. So December, January, February, March. And yeah, that would be tough. Yeah. So well, you know, colleges are talking about kind of revamping their schedule though to take off. Um uh, like November, like Thanksgiving roughly to early January, I've heard. Hmm. So,
1: you know. You can I see saw, I saw where Google said their employees are staying home until July. And just yeah. so you know, it's, it's July right now. So <laughs> I think it's July next year. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. oh. that's what i am saying. So yeah. they're, 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 12, they're months. <laughs> 12 months, 12 months staying at home. Um, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with companies that want to, decide they want to stay home just for the simplicity sake of, of mm-hmm. you know, the optics, you know, and I mean, it makes sense, but. Um, yeah. I think, I think all that's going to come to an end when you have a, like, you know, Bob
0: at his home computer working away and he gets hacked and like all of their corporate secrets go on the internet. And they're like, <laughs> okay, okay, you know what? We tried this work from home deal, uh, you know, uh, now we're hacked, we, you gotta come back to the office. And yeah. I don't know how likely, I'm not a computer whiz, I don't know how likely that is, but that, like, I can see that headline, Google demands employees return after a large
1: data breach, you know, stuff like that. So uh, that, 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 that wouldn't surprise me. All right, so uh, we got another, uh, another article here, Christy Craddock, the uh, Railroad Commission prepared to meet multiple challenges, so uh, she's being interviewed there and is discussing a couple of a couple of things about old demand destruction, how they're continuing to do inspections on different pipelines. Uh, I believe she mentions one pipeline specifically they were they were working on. I believe uh, was it in Austin? I don't know. I, I looked at a, a lot on there, but it's an inter- interesting uh, look from uh, from from Christy Craddock uh, about. The, the perspective from the RRC about what's going on right now and how they're dealing with it. And, uh, and then we have another article from Deloitte, uh, outlook details, energy industry challenges ahead. So, uh, I think we've had on someone from Deloitte before, uh, they do a lot of, uh, research into the industry. Anyway, it, the article, the article there is just more so uh, giving you a perspective from Deloitte about the in- energy uh, situation. So these articles are more, more so things you could go and check out um, to take a look at. And with, uh, with that, there's a couple of articles I want to hit for the Texas Roundup. Um, so first one, Railroad Commission uh, Continues Inspections of Permian Highway. There's where I saw it, the Permian Highway Pipeline. So that is a Kendra Morgan Pipeline, correct? Yeah, 400 miles from Permian Basin to the Houston area. And, uh, and this one is Kendra Morgan. I saw something with Williams uh, associated with this somewhere. Uh, it was in an unrelated article. Um, and then we have two retirements. Endeavor Energy Resources announces a new executive leadership and uh, SM Energy CEO Jay oddison to retire. And I can tell you, uh, coronavirus is hitting, oil demands getting destroyed. We got millions of dollars in the bank we going home. That's what they said. (laughs) They had enough. So, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is not the the time when you want to try to, if you already went through a few downturns and you're where they're at, it makes sense. They're, they're out. So, uh, there's another article around that I have Trump to visit the Permian Basin in West Texas Wednesday. So I believe that is in two days, I think, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be is he going Texas. to create a new oil and gas industry. That's really the question. Yeah. he's going to announce a new oil rig that runs off of only clean energy. <laughs> Trump and tweets. it runs off of Trump tweets. Yeah. Trump tweets. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll never lack power. Yeah. Never. When it comes out of the ground, it comes out not like <laughs> oil, but it's in liquid silver. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
0: will say this Josh, before we uh, wrap up here. Um, I saw this. I was checking some headlines this morning. So yeah, this is yeah today. This is from the Chronicle. Coronavirus live updates. Texas surpasses five thousand COVID deaths. Houston's hospitalizations decline. <laughs> I just just leave that there.
1: Hospitals. Are, yeah, that's uh, so
0: hospitalizations are on the on, the, on, the, on, the, on the, the decline.
1: If we actually see, this would be the question. If we see. The deaths continue to decline. If cases start declining here pretty soon and there's not a huge surge in deaths, I just wonder what, I wonder what people are going to say. I just really don't, I don't know what, what's going to be. How are they going to deal with that?
0: Well, we're currently trailing New York by 44,000 cases roughly, but deaths were trailing them by 27,000, 26,000, something like that. Uh, so yeah it's that's weird uh so you know I, not, not to get on this whole long thing but california they've been locked down more than anyone else right yeah they're, i think they're still locked down i mean they're yeah, yeah. they and- more cases than every, everyone else i don't understand i don't understand all that so anyways all right anything else before we go joshua
1: i believe that's it man i believe that is it for the week um yeah, look forward to look forward to seeing some of those reports come out uh, this week, and seeing how the the Trump meeting out in uh, West Texas how that goes as well. I'm, um, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm definitely definitely uh, eager to see how this election goes in November. It, it could be pretty um, important to, to how the industry goes and just how the economy in general goes. Right, right.
0: Okay. All right, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, keep climbing.